0: This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I saw this little screenshot, I guess, from this meta, and it's meta-zuck-zuck does meta Paris. And there's, you know, like this, not really an emoji, I guess you'd call it like a 3D emoji, a caricature, I don't know what you call that. There's like green mountains in the background, look like worse than cartoon, really. There's just like these green pillows back there. And then this cartoonish Eiffel Tower, and uh, is there some famous cathedral in, in Paris or something like that, I think? These really phony trees. And I look at this and I think to myself, why aren't people doing this? What is the fascination? The whole hookup crowd, I'm told. Boy, has that gotten out of hand. People sniffing around online, looking for love online. Well, I guess there's ways to do that. I don't know about Meta. Are you on Meta? Is anybody on Meta? Is anybody excited about Meta? This, I really don't even know how to describe it. I won't know anything about it. I'm not going to do any investigative looking into it. Nada. No interest. You're nuts. Are you on TikTok? How many of you are on TikTok? Nobody will tell me the truth every time I ask this. Nobody ever responds. Are you on TikTok? I'd like to hear from you. You can uh, leave me a message at ChristopherScottShow.com or email me at info at com, You know that there, there's certain Wi-Fi's that block uh, the website? Fascinating, right? Uh, like I, guess, I guess I'm a threat to democracy now or something like that. So I'm making fun of Mark Zuckerberg and this ridiculous, uh, I don't know. You tell me about I haven't even been on it. How can I say it's ridiculous? Tell me about Meta. Somebody here listening has been on Meta. Don't tell me you haven't. Am I even saying it right? I don't know. Meta Paris. I think I'll meta pass. How's that? So yesterday I mentioned about uh, hanging the bedspread outside. And uh, I heard from our buddy Steve with a great photo of his hanging laundry hanging setup. And I thought, you know, I mentioned it uh, sort of as a tip for like, you know, spring cleaning and you know, like those heavy uh, comforters. I think a couple of weeks ago I mentioned the the uh, wool blanket that I would left outside got wet, and I, you know, and it's been out there for a while. You know, I was like, this thing's going to be garbage, and I smelled those I Whoa! I didn't see any mold or anything. the The the, uh, the wool is really uh, very anti mold, whatever you call that, mold resistant. And i hung it on the fence, hung it on my fence, draped it over the fence, and it smelled so fresh after by the end of the day. better than new and so then this weekend, I was doing the 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 you know the the bed linens on our bedspread, which we have like a light you need, you don't want to know this it's lighter stuff for the summer and uh yeah, there's nothing wrong with discussing this, right? We're all adults, not that you care about my preference of linens. It's not like I pick them out, believe me. So, uh, you know, the the bedspread, you know, it, it's like, you know, using a foot to stuff it in the washer and the dryer. And I always get afraid to like the um, risk of fire in the dryer with those things. Everybody just takes for granted that you just, you know, stuff whatever you want in the dryer and it'll be fine. And I don't know that's the best assumption. It's just not very efficient. And so I did dry it in there for a little while. You know, I'm going to hang this outside. It was the best thing I ever did. So then Steve sends me this photo of this engineer. He's like, I use wire cables, so there's no sagging. He's got wire cables on, on uh, turnbuckles. So you know, he's, like, twerking. <laughs> I'm messing around, man. That thing looked great. Aren't you the one that told me that your father built a house with the one-inch tubing for the heat? So that it would circulate without a pump, I found that fascinating. I never knew that till you told me that I'm pretty sure it was you, so I'm not surprised that you've got the uh, Eiffel tower uh for your for your laundry over there. It's a nice setup it really i don't I gotta figure out where I want to put it but i I was thinking about it this is uh the environmental mood We should be putting this all over the news. How how simple is it for people to you know make a, a contribution to uh, you know cutting greenhouse emissions? Stop using the clothes dryer for God's sake. I uh, I had a great opener yesterday. I thought by the way yesterday's podcast I talked about the uh, changing the batteries in the electric car. Nobody commented on it. It's funny that people are commenting on uh, drying the laundry outside, but not the electric car. And, well, it's not really the electric cars, this idea that you could swap the batteries out. Maybe somebody can demystify that for me. All right? So a couple of big questions. (laughs) Have you been on Meta? What do you have to say about it? And why would you comment on hanging laundry outside versus uh, not commenting on a swappable battery for an electric car? Do you view one as green and the other not? Well, certainly the lower impact is uh, drying your laundry outside, but I don't know if it's a fair comparison. But it really is something that we can easily do, right? We could easily do. Why isn't the uh, air conditioning technology being looked at, going back to chilling towers, much more efficient, much better for the environment? So you heard me talking about this uh, transgender stuff. <laughs> and something that came out, my daughter got a magazine, uh, my wife ordered it for her, and it's really about, well, what we thought was about, uh, animals, and, uh, let me actually grab it here, I want to tell you this, hold on, I gotta pause the podcast, I never pause the podcast, hold on, okay, thanks for waiting, uh, so I'm not gonna name the magazine, because, you know, I get sued, or something like that, and I still need the headaches right now, among other things, and, uh, so anyway, this is about, like, supposed to be about, um, I guess, I guess current events, I guess. Science, here we go. Science, I, I guess it goes, I should have looked at this. I saw the uh, the shark on the cover, and I assumed it was about animals and whatnot. It's not. So it's a, it's a kid's periodical, award-winning, so they say, for young people. How young? I don't know. Science, animals, puzzles, people, apps, photos, books, sports, and other things. So interesting cover story, right? I'm looking through this. It's going to be for my my seven year old daughter, um, and I see lots of things about science. Then I see uh, U.S. votes to add NATO members. Okay, uh, I'm sure we're not going to get both sides of that story, but there it is. I don't have any real problem with that. <clears throat> Support for Supreme Court drops. Public disapproval of the United States Supreme Court is at its highest level in more than 20 years. In a survey by the polling firm Gallup, about 43% said they approve the court, 55% said they disapprove. I find this to be uh, very misleading and not very helpful, to say the least. I found this to be interesting, Uh, an Amelia uh, Earhart statue unveiled in Washington because she was the um, first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. Well, there was just a, a pilot that flew, I think, and landed in Chicago, the first transatlantic flight or transcontinental or whatever, and they just ripped it down, Brightfoot out there. But somehow in Washington, D.C., Amelia, I guess what, she checks the boxes? Tell me why. Um, I did find the racial makeup to be overall balanced, I guess. Why am I mentioning that? Because in places it it seems kind of anti-white to me. Uh, What else did I see here? Um, you know, like every award, you know, like leading space science, leading this, it's all black people, which is great for black people to be excelling, I guess, more science and animal stuff. And then this, right? Under science and technology, tech adopts wider range of skin tones. Have you heard this whole thing? Uh, the monk scale, uh replacing, I don't know, some other scale. So it's got money more, shades. Why don't we just go with gray? Just like the invention of the gray man. Online, everybody's gray. How about that? Be like in the Marine Corps. We just said everybody's green, light green and dark green. So everybody's gray. You're either light gray or dark gray. How about that? Does that solve the problem, would you say? I don't know. Ah, and then there was this, a movie about middle school. The musical, A Boy Moves to a New Town and Learns About Being Open to Experiences, Making Friends, and Forgiveness. I'd have to learn more about that, for sure. Uh, special Art on Bus Shelters. It's uh, American Indian art. I don't know that they've done much to help American Indians recently, have they? Has Anybody? Not really. So, I don't know. I saw this thing. It just seemed to make my my antenna go up. Try being a disc jockey. I guess that's an app you can use. Sounds like it could be fun. Pals, repeat a photo booth pick. Creepy photos in here. I don't know why that would be uh, something for kids to see. Teacher of the week. Um... What else in here? I guess it's okay, you huh? know? I can give it to my daughter. You gotta check this stuff these days. I don't know why I brought that up, let alone going on for brought it so long. Thanks for hanging with me while I just uh checked on the reading for my daughter. I don't know, it's just this stuff you can't just let them read it. I got her a book. I think I mentioned this story before. I got her a book for Christmas. It was about uh, you know, like a you know, women that to look up to. I thought it would be good for her. Yeah, it was until the chapter about the dude. This gets a little weird then. I don't know. So I know it led me to, to this uh just this story about uh pediatric medicine, chemical castration, and surgical mutilation. To understand gender ideology and its motivations you must first recognize That this cultural battle is only happening because trans activists have successfully waged a war on our language, hijacking basic concepts and definitions to normalize an ideology that is anything but. This includes things like preferred pronouns, but can also be traced to the very words used to describe the movement, such as transgender and gender identity, both of which presuppose that it is possible to be a gender different than one's sex. The problem for gender ideologues, of course, is that it's not possible for a man to become a woman and vice versa. But the point of view, point of the point of the new terms and euphemisms they have created in mainstreams is to confuse everyone so much that they will eventually accept as fact something that is not true. This is an article from the Washington Examiner I'm reading to you. Not something I do very often on the podcast. This is something worth hearing. And I'll tell you, is it not true if you read your Bible that chaos is evil and order is good? Chaos, uh, evil, order, good. I said it right. Uh, Such is the case with the particular egregious euphemism, gender-affirming care. This is the phrase gender activists have coined to describe irreversible sex change treatments and procedures such as puberty blockers and hormonal injections and double mastectomies and vaginoplasties, if I said that right. In fact, it's the exact phrase being used by a major U.S. children's hospital to defend administering these experimental treatments to minors. This cannot stand. How is this allowed to go on right in front of our very eyes? All these children castrated, mutilated, breasts removed. What the hell? Take a minute to stand back and tell me that anybody in a right frame of mind thinks that this is okay. A series of videos posted on the Boston Children's Hospital's website shows its doctors advocating the medical treatment of gender confused children. In one viral and you wonder why I checked the magazines my daughter's looking at. In one how do you know this doesn't pop up as an ad in the games that they're playing? Hmm? In one viral video, a doctor promotes hysterectomies as a solution for gender confused girls. The hospital has since claimed it doesn't perform this procedure on minors, but between 2017 and 2020, the hospital reportedly performed 65 double mastectomies as part of its, quote, affirmation program. Another page on the hospital's website, which has since been deleted, says 17-year-olds are eligible for, for, quote, affirming vaginoplasties. What is that? I guess I should look it up. Let me look it up here real quick. Is that when you uh, have your uh, female part changed to a male part? That's not very common, though, is it? Uh, imagine is, a sur- is any surgical procedure that results in the construction or reconstruction of the vagina? Okay. Uh, gen- genital plast- Genitalplast. I don't know how to pronounce this stuff. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so you get the idea. Other videos show Boston Children's Hospital medical experts promoting puberty blockers for young children, encouraging gender-confused boys to tuck their penises to make them look more like vaginas and claiming that children as young as 2 and 3 years old can know they are a gender different than their sex. It's not just Boston's Children's Hospital. Yale University's Pediatric Gender Program Director has said she's medically treated children as young as three years old on their gender journey. You can uh, read the rest of the article here. I think they make an incredible case. How is this allowed to go on? How can Explain it to me. I don't know. Missing millions from the GOP. I'm sure somebody's going to uh, shed a tear over this. Republicans demand to know what happened to the vanishing GOP millions. I can tell you. The National Republican Senatorial Committee funds declined to just $28 million by the end of June. And they go on to explain where the money went. Uh, everything that I've told you. Uh, uh, consultants and ads, basically probably something else there consultants ads credit card payments with an unclear purpose 13 million for consultants 19 million for debt advertising probably i would say the, the the bulk of that all right so the rnc is running out of money however i'm going to explain to you what's going on massive dark money windfall new conservative group got $1.6 billion from a single donor. You can go through and, and check this out. Uh, it's pretty complicated here. I just scanned through it. I don't have time to go through all this. But let me, let me give you the gist of what's going on. All right? Number one, old school politics. They collected as much money as they could. They fanned it out among their friends and family. Frequently, not always. Not always. This is the Republican Party. I really can't speak to the Democrat Party. I would imagine it's the same, if not worse. So they take all this money constantly: money, 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 money. We need money. We need your support. Five dollars, two to something. Give me something. You know, the Democrats are doing it too, right? There's money, money, money. That's what everything's about. Everybody I talk to about running, that's what they say. Oh, How much money have you raised? Nobody talks about anything else. You wonder why you get a bunch of rhinos because the path to the Republican Party is a check, was a check. So let me tell you what has happened. And this is no concerted effort, I don't think. But the donors, especially the wealthy donors, stopped giving money to the RNC. I have friends. I have high net worth friends. And they're like, no. We haven't given any money in a couple of years now. they give giving money to Trump. They give money directly to candidates. But they won't give it to the RNC. They're not giving it to these PACs. And this is the Bush, Cheney, et cetera, et cetera, all that whole crowd. You know what I say? I, th- I think Cheney is the last one out. When she's done, it's going to end like 55 years of this little clan. Who is the other one? I forget. Sayonara. Adios is what I had to say. The move now, and Rush Limbaugh caught this. Rush Limbaugh was ahead of the curve on this. Rush Limbaugh knew how, Rush Limbaugh could understand how people were thinking. And he knew. That's why he was 100% behind Trump. And he got by and he realized where the momentum was. And I'm not saying this is all Trump momentum, but this is money going into grassroots candidates. The people with the money are saying, we're tired of pushing money in and not winning. We're, we're tired of voting Republican and, and getting something completely different. Uh, and it's a lot of lawyers involved. It's refreshing to see this, that there there's lawyers that are, are helping the cause in a big way. This is huge. 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 Huge what's going on. The money, the money move, the shift. From the old to the new. I was uh, saying the other day, I think I said it on Gab, actually, if you're interested in following me on Gab. I'm kind of getting bored with it already. You know, the whole social media thing just, uh, it doesn't help my life. I don't know what you would have to say. Does it help your life? You're on Meta. I want to hear about Meta. Tell me about Meta. Tell me all the dark secrets about Meta. Then I'll decide. I like Gab as far as, I don't know if I do or not. I don't know why I say that. This seems dead sometimes. I mean, it's free speech. I support them and all that. It's just not very exciting. And this is where TikTok and Facebook, this stuff so addictive, right? That's why, why nobody can uh, leave a, a, a red light when the light turns green. This is what happens. They, they go to check Facebook. Oh, just check Facebook for a second. There's no second of checking Facebook. There's no quick check. You get sucked in, right? It's all designed to do that. TikTok, it'd be there for hours. It's like a bad trip, right? Just watching, TikTok, TikTok. It's all designed to do that. So and Gab is not, interestingly. So it's just not as exciting as you know, it doesn't have the same the same draw in that regard. Anyway, money's shifting. I don't know how I got on the social media front. <clears throat> Did you hear this story? Did I mention this briefly? The An- Amish farm. Under threat from the U.S. federal government for refusal to abandon traditional farming practice. This is how this was printed. This is uh, from Rebel News. Uh, I don't think I follow this uh, very frequently. So this would be uh, right-wing, you know, in, in mainstream media circles, this would be an alt-right white supremacist site. Uh, but it's a, it's a blog, like a private blog. You can check it out. It's not bad. Uh, But I don't agree with the way this is reported. Amish farm under threat from the United States federal government for refusal to abandon traditional farming practices. Amos Miller, the farm's owner, contends he's preparing food the way God intended, but the United States government doesn't see it that way. Miller's organic farm located in a remote Amish village of Bird in the Hand, which isn't far from me, has been around for about 30 years. I think I know where this farm is. I do know where this farm is. I may even know this guy, to be honest with you. I think I've been here. Hmm, interesting, looking at this photograph. Anyway, the farm supplies everything from grass-fed beef and cheese to raw milk and organic eggs, uh, all types of produce, to roughly 4,000 private food club members who pay top dollar for high-quality whole food. The private food club members appreciate their freedom to get food from an independent farmer that isn't processing his meat and dairy at U.S. Department of Agricultural Facilities, which mandates that food be prepared in ways that the Miller's organic farms believe make it less nutritious. So the story here is that uh, Amos Miller, the good Amish man, which I believe he is, uh, runs a hell of a farm. I think they're off uh, Route 30 out there, pretty sure. And um he's selling this stuff for top dollar. And he's not selling it cheap. This is a commercial operation. And he says, "Well, I got I'm exercising my religious freedom to grow food in accordance with my religious beliefs." So this would be like halala or um uh, kosher, right? the uh USDA not allow kosher foods, so things have to pass basic tests. Why isn't there an exemption given for this? Is there a way to test right? like what is the so the the milk is probably not uh pasteurized and homogized and whatever you call that, what do they do? They heat it up, cool it down whatever, and just run all the flavor and nutrients right out of it in the process, but it you don't have to worry about having bacteria and whatnot, right? Why can't his milk simply be tested? Should it be tested? Why is the federal government so interested in protecting these four thousand Americans from the you know to trust their own judgment in buying food? but somehow the the federal government is unconcerned that major u s hospitals are removing genitalia from children as young as three years old. By the way, I don't know. I would say let the people eat what they want. let Amos do what he wants. But in the case of the children, I think we should put a stop to it for a lot of different reasons. Interesting, right? That's just me. So I guess I don't really believe, I guess you could tie the religious argument that it's like ha food. But is, is, is uh, Amos trying to say that it's only Amish people buying this because they feel that it's, um, you know, their, their religious duty to have unpasteurized milk? I don't think so. It's people doing it for health reasons, which he's promoting. And really, the government that does regulate that, whether you agree with it or not, and I don't necessarily agree or disagree that that should be scaled back. I know for me, if I go out to buy food in this country, I'd like it to be safe. I mean, you know, some of these things that we want, to, I don't want government involved in anything. Well, I hear you, you know, but there are consequences to that. You have to come up with some kind of system uh, that you could trust things, including the milk that your kids are drinking. So... Anyway, I see two sides of it. I don't really care for the way it was reported there. And then there's this that's been making its go-arounds. No farms, no food. We're literally witnessing a worldwide coordinated plan to shut down farming. This is all about controlling the food chain. When they control the food, they control us. I don't know. Looking around at the people I do, maybe, maybe they do need to take control of it, for God's sake. Uh, myself included. Did I tell you about the sausage I made over the week? Oh, it was great. My wife, I think it was from Costco. Oh, this is everything capitalism and anti-green, you know, the big box store and, and meat and, and proportions way beyond what is humanly necessary. I ate it all. I did. I paid a price for that, but it was doggone good. So there's people that think that the, the farming is being jeopardized, that the, there's big money buying up farms, you know, it's being, you know, they don't have family farms. Nobody wants to do it. We have to automate. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to go out. Hey, kids, uh, here's a career for you. You can Go out and be out in the farm field in the heat and the rain, the tornadoes and work, you know, 12, 14 hour days during the season. And hope that you have enough money to buy heating oil when it gets cold out, and you might not even be able to feed your family after all that growing you've been doing. And that's in the good years. You know, it's just a, it's tough. It's tough to be a farmer, and uh, it's hard work, right? People don't want to do it. We're moving beyond the the agricultural era, we're going to be commercial farms and nothing but commercial farms, largely, largely. So, whether it's this big conspiracy to control the market or not, or control people via controlling the food, I think it's going to happen, <laughs> one way or the other, in one in one form or another. And this is why I think that the answer to that lies in uh, two things. Stocking up, because you don't know when availability. Look at what we just went through. Making sure you have plenty on stock. Should be doing that now. You know... You know this from COVID. Once the, once the need came, it was too late, right? I would uh, recommend, first of all, I'd recommend getting Butch's book, Hope for Survival, at hopeforsurvival.com. And then I would consider uh, having a, a long-range supply. I use these buckets. Check the calories on what you're buying. Look at the price per calorie, all right? Because uh, trust me, em- anything's going to be d- edible, when you get hungry enough, but you're going to want to make sure that you're getting enough calories. And that's, some of this stuff is just a plain ripoff. But these buckets, and I'm not a huge believer in them, but we keep, I guess, about, I guess, depending on how much, what we would cut our calories to in the circumstances, I would say about six to eight weeks worth of this, you know, dried food, probably close to, yeah, about two months we have. I have some other little tubs of stuff. I don't need to go into all that right now, but I uh, figure about two months of food for our family. The good thing about that, and I know some of you are thinking, oh, "I don't need that." You do the whole pantry, canned goods. Okay, well, what if you have to bug out? What if you have to get out? You don't think having a week or two weeks' food with you? In my case, if I could fit this in our in our vehicle, two months' worth of food on the go. <laughs> guess what? Uh, that's a pretty good reprie. That gives you time to get some distance, even if you have to go on foot. Not that we could carry all that, but. Uh, it gives you some time to get away and, and see what your options are. We could probably cut our calories and, and stretch that out even longer, or something like that, or you know, those other things. So anyway, I would recommend that. I would recommend stocking up. Whatever you want to do, follow my formula, follow your own formula. You stock up so that when things aren't available, that you don't you're not know, so susceptible to that. But the other thing I'm telling you, if you're not already doing it, start growing at least some of your own food start with one potato plant, one tomato plant. Think about this is my my emergency food growth plan. I've like I've talked about getting chickens. I know uh Chad has chickens, I think Dan has chickens. Uh others of you have chickens. I've thought about getting chickens. The reason I'm not rushing to get chickens is twofold. Number 1, I really need another project right now like nothing. I really don't I have chickens and they're like, "Oh, it's not that hard. It there's something" it's always work and you know we're not always eating eggs on a regular basis i could cook them and feed them to the dog and offset that cost I mean, it's like do i really want to do all that then i got to get the food for it i'm not harvesting uh, you know i could grow some sunflower seeds and and offset some of that chicken stuff which i would do if i really had to get into that but um you know maybe grow some corn and stuff like that that we could dry and and keep for winter but i'm not i'm not going to be growing the food and you know then i got to stockpile that And then you say, okay, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is, guess what? That food is ripe for rats and mice, which brings raccoons. And you got to have all this stuff figured out. You know, my grandparents were farmers. I grew up in a very rural part of Pennsylvania. So uh, I may not be the most farm boy on the planet, but I understand how the system works. Trust me. And it's more than most people give it credit for. So I really don't want to get into all that. Not likely that I am. So. What's my food sustenance plan if I have to start growing it? Uh, And I'm perfecting all this right now to make sure that I'm ready to go. Potatoes, because you can keep potatoes around forever almost. Um, Potatoes and uh, peppers, sauteed peppers, onions, and tomato sauce. And if I can, I want to try and grow like some kidney beans or something like that for the protein um, but you could take that little goulash there, whatever you want to call it, the potato, the sautéed peppers, onions, and tomato sauce on there. And then instead of a meat in there, you'd have some kidney beans over it. Or if you could get some game meat and mix it in there. Whatever. There's a lot you could do. But there's you know vegetarian diet with the potatoes in there. That, you know, you have nothing else to eat. And this is not hard stuff to grow. Carrots are a good one. You could keep them around. The carrots you could use to lure lure deer and rabbits in, you know. So these are all uh, different options. And then, you know, I was talking about hanging the laundry. If we really have to say the electric goes through the roof, I think I mentioned this before, I have all solar lighting I can use. You know, and we have a solar rechargeable battery. My wife works from home. We could go, you know, most of the year probably with very little power usage if we have to. Uh, I don't know if they're going to take over the farms and and start feeding us uh, the and green wafers Of our dead bodies Of our dead relatives I don't know, I really don't are people making these predictions That you have these riots going on across Europe With the farmers that are claiming That they're being shut down by the governments Over there, I don't know I don't know what to say about all of it It's not happening here, at least not yet you got drought concerns Nothing but bad news Why would you not want to be prepared, I don't know uh, Here's something I wanted to mention ABC News, abcnews.com, has a page that they call on the menu, Guns in America. That's what the title is. But the URL is gun violence. Interesting little trickery there. Then if I scroll down, uh, so it has all these anti-gun articles. And first of all, my main point in bringing this up, and this is just dedicated to this, this uh, whatever um ABC News is doing here that they've really jumped on this, this anti uh you know gun um uh, coverage here to dedicate a page to it. There's only video live shows and then guns in America and January sixth. I guess that's the other thing they're promoting heavily. They've got a dedicated page um to the US Capitol attack January sixth they call it. Liz Cheney on stopping Trump, Pence testifying on January 6th this week. When are these hearings ever going to be over? Attack on the Capitol one year later. You know, Liz Cheney, I'm going to point out a couple things to you, but I want to get back to the gun thing. Liz Cheney said that Donald Trump sent a group of armed, uh, I forget the word she used to describe it, it might have been protesters, uh, to the Capitol to to spread his information lies and she couldn't go along with that. One small problem. They weren't armed. There was not one armed protester in South. That is a lie. A huge lie. That's not an attack on our democracy. They heard sit there and lie about a major event like that, a major sitting politician from a major uh, a political family spreading these lies. This is why I say her and 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 Megan McCain, the whole lot of them, nothing but a bunch of filthy pigs. Call Tell me where I'm wrong on that. I don't get it. I really don't get it. But anyway, and it's funny, right? What they're going to call uh, peaceful protesters, and what they're going to call armed protesters. Really funny to me. Apparently, white means armed. I guess. I don't know. Anyway, uh, let me calm down a little bit. You all excited. Maybe I do. I just need to get it out. I mean, that's why I've been kind of a funk. I need to get it out. I'm really, like trying to hold myself back. Why? <laughs> like my therapy. Doing the podcast, I guess. Anyway, they say what some lifelong gun owners say about AR-15s. Uh the increasing popularity of I guess these are different bullet points, just the hodgepodge. But anyway, it says here, we all bear a burden. How gun violence costs America $280 billion a year. Why don't they discuss this openly about abortion? Abortion. We all pay. We pay in the form of our taxes that go for it. We pay in the form of, of our health insurance premiums if they're not high enough. right? How about we all bear a burden? For the illegal immigrants that come across our border daily, destroying property, destroying elections, destroying our schools, destroying our culture. In some cases, raping, robbing, and even killing people, often with complete impunity. In places like New York City, they set up sanctuary cities because they say, no, no, let the weary among us, or whatever that saying is from Ellis Island, but, boy, all of a sudden a couple of busloads show up and they say, I don't know. This isn't so fair. I'm going to run out of time here. This immigration issue, um, this uh, is going to be the next civil war. Uh, Nikki Freed claims uh, slams Jeanette Nunez, Ron DeSantis, her plan to move Cuban migrants to Delaware. That's the threat if she wins. She says, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send those migrants up to Delaware to, to Biden's home state. Tell me, that with the states doing these things, that it's not pushing us to the Civil War. And this confusion, this chaos, it's all very evil. It's a peaceful country. We're living well together. This is crazy. Sign of the times. Counselor arrested twice for trying to have sex with child prostitute finally fired by the school district. I don't know what the prostitute has to do with it. Is this not in America? Glasgow Middle School in Lincoln, Lincolnia, Virginia. I don't know how you say that. Strange. Uh, you got to wonder. Uh, i got to tell you this story. We might go a little long here. I can adjust the time. I don't need to rush. Just calm down. Listen to this story. I'll wrap up with just a couple things here, a little late for you. A man runs a pickle factory and comes up with an idea to increase profits. He'll put one less pickle in each jar. The customers will notice and assume the main, customers will not notice, and assume the same amount of pickles are in the jar as always. This is a huge success, and so he removes another pickle and sells again for the same price. At some point, if he removes enough pickles, people will notice and stop buying their pickles. What he has done is monetize social trust. Customers assumed his business was honest, so they felt no need to examine every jar to see if they were getting scammed. Now they do. It's this trust that allowed the scam to work. Trust was traded for profit. Something like this is what's happening to white countries. Our high-trust societies are exploited for profit because trust can be monetized, until it disappears. Fascinating when you think about it. Ron Paul had this to say, to be a little bit more specific. Sadly, in the early 1900s, Americans ditched sound money with the creation of the Fed and ditched the belief of non-intervention in the affairs of other nations. It's been all downhill ever since. The empire and the Fed were born together. They are now both dying together. It's really very true. Doug Mastriano says that he would model DeSantis-style governorship for Pennsylvania. That seals the deal for me. Mastriano has my full support, 100% on that statement. 1,200 scientists and and, and, and professionals declare that there is no climate emergency. Doesn't mean that there's not climate problems, though. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for all your support. It's been a while now. Hopefully, we can keep going a little while longer, I hope. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Hope to see you there. Make it a great day.